Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon and welcome to the car show with Dale Donovan on 55 KRCD Talk Station. Hope everybody's having a great weekend and a good afternoon. You know, it's a beautiful out there right now. No humidity. Man, you got to soak that up. We got that for like maybe more, one or two more days. <laughs> Cincinnati, it's a, it's a rarity. Feels like Michigan out there right now. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, but for the next hour, what I do here is I talk about your automobile, okay? And it's a great time to get out there and uh, do some work on your automobile. Don't be intimidated by it. A lot of plastic under the hood, all right? All you got to do is pop the hood and start doing a little research. Know what's going on in your vehicle. Teach your sons, your daughters, how to check the oil on the car, stuff like that. You know, but that's what we do for the next hour is I talk about your automobile. I just try and help you out. It's a very complicated piece of machinery it's computer it's uh you know it's everything anymore right uh, it's just a uh, mind-boggling how many you know computers and modules and everything else are in these vehicles but look at everything that they do nowadays right they can park themselves uh, if you're backing up you know and you're getting ready to hit something it'll start beeping some cars will stop automatically so that you don't hit something you would think the body business would be uh pretty soon out of business but they're not they're extremely busy just like Frank's Heavy Truck Collision Repair, you guys need any body work, there's the guy you want to see, Mr. Dave Brinkman at Frank's Heavy Truck Collision Repair. Very, very busy, and uh, he does outstanding work. But, man, they really put a lot of sensors on these vehicles and stuff like that so to prevent them from getting into accidents, right? So there's a lot of things uh, and a lot of modules and a lot of computers that have to take care of all of that. And there's a lot of questions that are thrown to you, a lot of services that are thrown your way, and a lot of times you don't know what to do. So that's what I'm here for is I want to try and guide you and uh, help you make some of those decisions about your vehicle and what you should and should not do uh, on your vehicle. Uh, I was just talking to uh, a buddy of mine who lives in Boston area, and this was just mind-boggling to me. I know... During the pandemic, we had a lot of people that bought RVs, campers, right? Kind you pull, kind you drive, doesn't matter. A lot of people bought boats, a lot of boats, all right? Because they're, you know, there, that was something they could do is they could go out and do some boating, you know, with their immediate family and stuff like that during COVID. Well, man, he uh, was talking to him today. If he has a diesel uh, boat, a, a boat with diesel engines, in Connecticut, in Boston, um, it is about $13 a gallon. $13 a gallon. All right? That's just mind-boggling to me. I just can't believe it. 
I think the gentleman, a friend of mine, his friend was filling it up. He stopped at $2,000. He said, that's enough. Can't do any more. So it's just, uh, it's it's amazing that uh, these gas prices have gotten so high. I mean, you think about if you drove to Michigan or Florida or you have a place that you go to on a regular basis, whatever it cost you last year, it's going to cost you double this year. Double. I mean, gosh. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel sorry for everybody. It, it's just, it's such a, such a shame. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about um, is air conditioning. Uh, I wanted to go over a few things. We had a customer that was in our uh, Blue Ash location, and he had his vehicle at four other shops, according to him. These are his words. And uh, he brought it in to us to have us look at it because he has a Freon leak. So to, to find a Freon leak, you got two ways to find it, either die or you have a sensor uh, a device that can uh, sniff uh, the Freon. Okay. So he said that, uh, you know, he didn't need to have any Freon put in it, but, um, you know, but we don't know that. We don't know if there's Freon in the system unless it's, if it's working, yes, but his was not working. So you have to put Freon in a car to get the air conditioning to work, all right? If there's not enough Freon in the car, we can't get the compressor to come on. We can't get the Freon to go throughout the system. So he was uh, a little upset because we had to put Freon in it. And uh, he said, but um, we told him what was wrong with the vehicle. It's the evaporator inside. Uh, We were able to diagnose that, but he thought that, we had to take the dash apart to get in to see the uh, evaporator inside the vehicle. And no, you can't. I mean, to do that, you have to pull the entire dash out. There's not a little window we can look at to go look inside the vehicle and say the evaporator's leaking. The way we could tell an evaporator's leaking is either through a Smith, Smith, uh, sniff test or if you see dye coming out of the weep hole uh, where the water drains. Sometimes that'll happen. But, man, air conditioning is one of the hardest ones to find, to try and find the leaks. Thank goodness they have dye out. So whenever we charge a vehicle up, we put dye in the system. So that if it does have a leak, and the dye comes with oil, so it's able to travel throughout the whole system. It's been a godsend since, you know, I've been in the automotive repair business, is putting dye in the system so we can at least see it. Uh, see the dye leaking, and that's how we can tell where the air conditioning leak is. But I just want to be totally clear so people understand. Most of the time, when you bring your vehicle in and you don't have air conditioning, 90% of the time it's low on Freon. They are a sealed system. Sealed means it shouldn't leak. Freon should not leak out of the vehicle whatsoever. Now, if we charge it up, and everything starts working, and we can't find a leak, we can't find it with a sniff, we can't find it with the dye yet, then you have to drive the vehicle. And I would tell you to cross your fingers and hope that it lasts all summer long. If it doesn't and it lasts overnight or it lasts a couple days or it lasts a week, maybe a month, then you have to take it back, and then we have to look for the dye to try to find the leak. All right? But mo- but. If So now it, it goes out in a month. Now you know you've got to have that fixed. Okay, well, you bring it in. We find the dye. 
We determine it's an evaporator. Here's how much an evaporator is. I would highly recommend, you know, a lot of parts houses are not going to like me for this, but I would highly recommend you buy an evaporator from the dealer. Buy it from, you know, the original equipment evaporator. It's just too hard to do uh, and to have problems. So sometimes they just don't match up right. And, you know, you get the whole thing back together and then all of a sudden the line doesn't fit. Man, it makes for a bad day. Anyway, so let's say that we charge it in month time. You're like, well, it's still cold. I don't have any problems. Two months goes by. Well, it's still cold. Great. Three months, still cold. Four months, cold. Five, cold. Six, cold. Great. You've lasted all summer. That's awesome. That's the cheapest thing you're going to do to your car to repair their air conditioner is to evacuate and charge it up. We don't set the prices of the Freon either. The new Freon 1234 is extremely expensive. It's double what R134 is. Double the price. Of course, that's this is the third one. We had R12 and R134, now 1234YF. Um, you know, they keep changing the Freon on us because of they think it's destroying the ozone. Not sure, <laughs> to be 100% uh, honest with you. You know, and, and then, you know, they leak out. If it's leaking out anyway, it's going into the atmosphere. We don't leak it out. We always evacuate and charge the system. The proper way to charge a system, too, is to pull out, let's say your car takes two pounds of Freon. We hook it up to a machine. There's a scale on our machines. We evacuate it. We pull what remaining Freon is in there, and there's one pound in the system. Then we suck it down. Okay, we check for leaks. We don't see anything. Then we charge it. Then we put the exact amount that it calls for, two pounds. Again, a scale is used to weigh the Freon so that we know exactly how much Freon is going into the system. That is the correct way to do it. I see some of these kits out there that you can just kind of put a can on there and let her go. Sometimes you don't have enough. Sometimes you charge it too much. Charge it too much. Sometimes you do damage. Can damage a compressor. So you just got to do it the right way, okay, to evacuate and charge it. That is the cheapest thing you're going to do for an air conditioning problem that I know of, other than maybe a relay. Um, Hondas or Toyotas, one of them had a problem with a relay. It was a Honda. Had a problem with a relay where, you know, it, it constantly would give you problems. It wouldn't work. But I just want people to understand this gentleman was very upset, kind of accused us of being a ripoff place and stuff like that. And we take pride when our name is on the door and he was dealing with my son. And uh, I just, you know, it, it's, I want to say it's not his fault, but man, he really didn't have to use some of the word and languages that he used. It's just not fair unless you understand how things work. Now, if you don't understand how things work, then, uh, you know, don't, don't go shouting out when you don't really know what's going on. So questions, comments about air conditioning or any part of your car, feel free. Give me a call, 513-749-5500. That is the local number. Again, it's 513-749-5500. Uh, out of town or long distance, 1-800-823-TALK. It's 1-800-823-8255. You're listening to The Car Show with Dale Donovan on 55KRC, the talk station. All righty, as promised, we're going to get to the phones. And uh longtime friend of the show, Mr. Eric Pullman, you guys uh, recognize the name, Eric. 
has filled in for me many a times on the show. Eric used to own his own uh, automotive repair shop in the Hamilton area. Uh, then he got into politics, and he hasn't looked back. So, Eric Pullman, welcome to the car show. How are you, Eric? Pretty good, Dale. What's up? Nothing much. Nothing much. You know, uh, I think you might have picked a good time to get out of the automotive repair. What do you think? Oh, you're not kidding. I'll tell you, it's crazy. <laughs> Fuel prices, every employees, everything else. Uh, you know, but I am pretty excited. I, I did fill my tank up today for $23.10 today. You filled up your tank for $23.10. What, is that for the lawnmower tank, or what is that? It, it, it was for my lawnmower, my five-gallon <laughs> tank, but I'm trying to stay positive. <laughs> my gosh. I yeah, well, you. So. you know what's kind of amazing? I mean, Eric's done the show many, many times. He he was like he, myself. He wrenched. He, he worked on the cars. He ran his own business. And uh, I'm kind of amazed, Eric, is that I have not had a lot of phone calls. And I thought for sure, once gas prices go up, man, we're just going to hear, you know, hey, my car's not getting good gas mileage anymore. Yeah, it's not, I'm sure. You know, that's funny because, you know, we always used to hear that when every time gas went up, and um, it was only during certain presidential years, I can't say that, I guess, uh, I'll shut up. But it's, um, <laughs> every time gas, every time gas went up, we used to get calls all the time. My car is not getting a good gas mileage and stuff like that. But, um, you were talking about your buddy with the boat and, you know, about how much fuel prices, well, I'm supposed to go to Maine, me and my, our, our buddy, Mark, that, you know, real yeah, well. Yeah. And he, he's, an, he used to own an automotive shop too. And we're going to take our motorhomes up to Maine. It's about 2,300 miles. And you could do the math. We're going to have a, you know, you're lucky if you get about six, seven miles to the gallon on these things. And so about 400 something gallons of fuel. So, you know, I, I, I meet with Mark actually Monday here at the house and we're going to talk about it. I said, you know, Mark, it's getting the point, you know, it's only going to um, cost you $2,000. Oh, no, no, no. You're going to, you're going to, you know, if if I if I can get lucky and do about four hundred gallons, yeah, that that'll be about two thousand. But mm-hmm. I'm really kind of planning for three thousand dollars because you know we don't know what the prices are. In the, Elsewhere, you know, when I'm going through New York and I'm going through New Hampshire, I'm going in Maine or Vermont, connect because we're gonna you know do kind of a neat little trip. We're gonna be up in Niagara Falls too, probably. Mm. So, well, if you go up to Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, go to Niagara on the Lake. Oh, I know. Have you ever been to the Niagara Whirlpool? I uh, have not. That's Niagara on the lake. It runs a little bit more due east. And we took the kids. There's a place called the Niagara Whirlpool. And it's actually a big whirlpool. And you can take a jet boat ride. You need to talk to my wife about that. She would never do that or Evan will never do that again. <laughs> me and Erica, me and Erica, did. we had a blast. We got drowned. And uh. they said at the one, when the one point when you hit the rapids, it says it's like having a 15 by 30 pool dumped on your head. Wow. That's... And I told him that's a lie. It was more like a 20 by 40 pool dumped on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yep. No, well, we're, thinking of, we're thinking about it. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, the, the, that's just it. I mean, I, I think that a lot of people probably had plans to, you know, take some drives, you know, use their RVs, oh. um, you know, and now they're second guessing it. As far as that goes, I mean, also look at airline prices nowadays. Airline prices oh, yeah. have just gotten out of hand as well. 
I mean, I feel sorry. You know, I guess uh, people are going to be building pools in their backyard. I guess, uh, you know, maybe they're going to be doing that. But even building a pool right oh. now is outrageous. Oh, well, I, I gave you this. For instance, my brother-in-law is building a house down in Florida, and, you know, they all have lanai's, you know, little yeah. pools and screen-in areas and stuff. And when this process – they still haven't even started on this thing. They're not going to start on it until September. And they've been working on this for about a year and a half because uh, it's a new development. And at first, the lanai was like $52,000 for the whole thing. Mm. cresting over $100,000 now and they haven't even started on the house. Wow. So yeah. he's like, well, you know, and you know, their, their cost of their house is going to be 30, maybe 30% higher. You know, you, and, you talk about Eric, this, you're taking a trip, you know, you and Mark, Sally, and you know, you guys are going on this trip. Now just think about this. We talk about parts. Let's say heaven forbid, I hope everybody has a safe trip, but maybe something happens to one of the RVs and you take it in and all of a sudden, you know, how long is yeah. that going to take? And hey, how long, maybe if it needs a part, possibly the part's not available right away, you know, then you're stranded. So there's, it's just unbelievable. That's it. That's it. You know, and that's kind of what we're talking about. And that's a good point because we said the same thing. Um, me being a council member here in Hamilton, you know, I have to be back at a certain time too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what happens if I'm stranded out there? I may have to hop on an airplane, which is an expensive ticket to fly back and do a meeting and go and leave back. Mm-hmm. Think about those scenarios. That's what we have to really think about. But, um, it's crazy. Um, but then on the other end of it, <clears throat> you're not guaranteed tomorrow. So nope, nope. what do you do? You're absolutely I mean, you right. Do? Do you say, I'm going to do it next year. You may not be here next year. There you go. I mean, so, do you I mean, uh, do you ever go into your old shop? What did I used to do for a living? What was? Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. I'm. I uh, believe it or not, Dale. I know this is hard to believe, but I'm on my fourth year since I sold it back in 2018. And you sold and it to I'm Ryan still- Pullman. Sold it to my nephew, Ryan. He changed the name from Eric's Auto Service to Pullman. Probably doubled um, his sales then. <laughs> Got rid of Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, it, <laughs> I know you got a dump button there. You may have to use it here. No, there, no. You, uh, go ahead. I'll let <laughs> you get fined. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, now he's uh, – Ryan is uh, doing a great job. He, he actually um, – he changed the name to Pullman's, which – he also did his tagline was our family doing business with yours since 1963, which brings in his grandfather, his father, me, and him. So it's uh, wow. That's uh, that. It's a great honor that he did that, and he did open another shop. So he's got two shops, and hey, he's brave. I mean, I don't know if I'd do that. And, you know, y'all, you're brave too. You know, opening these shops and. It's tough with the help and everything. You know, you know how particular I was, and oh yeah, yep. um, I don't know. I probably would have blown an artery if I would have stayed in it. So you would have, um, you would have. That's yeah. for sure. So probably a good thing yeah. you got out. So all right, my but friend. Uh, listen, I, I do, I do miss it. So there you go. Well, don't worry. You know the way gas prices are, you're probably gonna have to go back to work. Yeah, the way my uh, IRAs are going right now, my stock, they may have to come to work for Donovan's or something like that. You never know. There you go. Um, Come on. You can help us out. I'll let you do it. 
Hey, my friend, have a great weekend, man. I really do appreciate you calling. I hope you have a good one. All right. Uh, well, I'm going back to cut grass and right. use up my five gallons. Yeah, be, See you, bud. you should be pushing the lawnmower. See you, brother. Take care, man. Bye. All righty. Mr. Eric Pullman, longtime uh, listener for of the show, but also he helped me out on the show quite a bit. So we're going to get back to the phones up next is John. John, welcome to the car show with Dale Donovan. How are you, John? I'm doing good, Dale. Thank you for taking my call. No, thanks uh, for hanging in there. So yeah, you, no, no, not a problem. You Always got a conversation. You got a 97 Toyota Tacoma. What size engine do yep. you have? Do you know? Uh, it's the four cylinder 2.9, uh, I believe, liter. That's 2.4 or 2.7. Could I be. think 2.7. It's the larger of the two. Okay. Could be the 2.7 as well. So okay. so okay. what's going on? Okay. So I, I uh, engine light came on, uh, and I went and got the code red, and it was a, a, a PO420 that had to do with the you know, emission system. Um, and so I've done a little research on the Internet and uh, trying to figure out what I can and can't do about it. The truck's running fine. In fact, it's never run so good. Uh, but it sounds like I may have an issue with the, possibly with the catalytic converter. But I didn't know. And a lot of the articles I read talked about putting a, a cat cleaner into the tank to see if that would make the code go away. And I just, I just wanted your opinion on what, what that code is and, and uh, a couple things I can try to maybe try to fix it myself before I take it into a shop. Awesome. Awesome. Great question. So, yeah, the PO420 is catalyst below efficiency. How many miles did you say you had on it? About 208, 209,000. 208, 209,000. So, you know, you can try what we call, just like you said, try to clean up the um, the catalytic converter. Uh, you can try to do that to, to you know, help with the, uh, you know, catalytic converter, the efficiency of the catalytic converter. So what we do is we do a fuel injection service, all right, on the vehicle, and you can put a catalytic converter system, you know, cleaner in there, but what we do is we go in there and we clean the fuel injectors and we clean the top of the valves, all right? So you've got an older system where we would suck in a cleaner through the vacuum line and we would suck it in and that will go on top of the valves. And we also put a fuel injection cleaner in the tank. And then what you want to do is you want to run that through there and you want to get it, you know, good and hot. And a lot of times what that'll do is that'll clean up all of the debris that's in the catalytic converter uh, and that is making it not efficient. Now, you've got to also make sure that you don't have any holes in the exhaust pipes and stuff like that. The other thing it can be, it's most probably a catalytic converter, but the other thing it can be is there's something called air-fuel ratio sensors or oxygen sensors. Toyota doesn't okay. call them oxygen sensors. They call them air-fuel ratio sensors. They're a little bit more, uh, they're a little bit faster, and what they do is they tell the system whether they were lean or rich, lean or rich, and they do it very fast, and, that, uh, and that's how it adjusts the air-fuel mixture. So a lot of times that can be off, and that is also what tells us whether the catalytic converter is working properly because it sees, it sees the gas that goes into the converter, and then there's a sensor after the converter, and it tells you what the, uh, the fuel is coming out of the converter. And that's how it tells you whether it's, it's working or not. But I would tell you the first thing you should do and do it yourself is go ahead and do that fuel injection service on the vehicle and try and clean okay. it out that way. 
I will start with that, and then if it doesn't work, I'll follow up and let you know and maybe get some more advice from you. So I do appreciate the help. You got it, John. Thank you very much for listening. I really yeah. do appreciate it. I hope you have a great weekend. Hey, you too. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a short little business break. When we come back, uh, I do it in order. So if you've been on there for a while, you're coming up next. You're listening to The Car Show with Dale Donovan on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to The Car Show with Dale Donovan on 55KRC, the talk station. Alrighty. All right, let me get back to the uh, let me get back to the phones real quick. And I do it in order, so don't, you know. I don't jump around. I do it. I can tell how long everybody's been on. So up next, Mike, welcome to the car show with Dale Donovan. How are you, Mike? Hey, Dale. I'm doing very well. Thanks. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How can I help you out? Good. Um, so I got two questions. One is on a 2001 Honda Accord. What size engine? About 100. It's the four-cylinder. Gotcha. Uh, what is that? 2.3. Yeah, so, 2.3, that's it. Um uh, wheel bearing went out on the uh, left front. So I had to tear that apart, take the knuckle out, and part of that process is disconnecting the ABS uh, wire up under the hood. So got that all out, got it to the shop. They pressed out the bearing and pressed in a new one, and I also put a new hub on it. Put it all back together, all that's just fine, and ABS light came on. Is there anything that causes that? I mean, because it was disconnected? No, no, not disconnecting it. Uh, I'm concerned about the either the bearing or, um, you know, because the bearing usually has the sensor in it um, for that. So what years do, do we say this was again? This is a... 2001. 2001. The sensor's right. Yeah, it's on the axle. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're talking about the exciter ring, yes. Uh, is yeah, on the axle right. on that. Yes, correct. Right. Um, so no, here's here's so here's what you got to do, and uh, so you did this on the left front, correct? Yes. Okay. I want you to go back to the left front, uh, turn the wheel one way or another, and you've got to look at that exciter ring. Sometimes the exciter ring gets a crack in it. All right. Okay. So what happens is is that you know it, it's. You know, it can tell the air gap in between each tooth. And when they throw a crack in there, that air gap's too big and it'll put the light on. If you want to be for sure, what you want to do is you got to go and check to see what kind of codes are in the ABS system. And the ABS system could tell you whether it's left front, right front, you know, or if it's in rear or anything like that. But I would bet you, I'd be a betting man, I bet you have an exciter ring that's probably cracked on there and that's what's causing it. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, but I mean, just happens one after I I take the bearing out, have, have that pressed out. Please. I mean, it was yeah. it was working ahead. Yep. Yep. So a lot of times when people mess with it, a lot of times that crack will should they'll break by themselves too. I mean, you're just just sitting there, they'll break, they'll crack. So that can okay. cause that as well. I mean, double check to make sure the sensor's all plugged in, make sure nothing's bent over or anything like that. When you plugged it in, make sure that it's good and plugged in. So, But unplugging it and plugging it back in will not cause a code. All okay. Right. All, all right. right. Well, that that, ain't that. So that gets me down to an exciter ring or possibly something else. But It could be, um, a, could but, be a bad sensor, too, as well. So, Yeah. And what's strange is it just 
that just happened. You know what I mean? Yep. It wasn't that way when I go out. Hey, welcome to my world. What do you think customer would say about that? Well, you just worked on it? <laughs> well, What'd you do yeah, wrong? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, absolutely. that's, absolutely. Our, that's our world, man. So, yep. so what's the uh, other question you got for me? Okay, this is on the 2009 Toyota RAV4 four-cylinder. 2009? I'm sorry. 2009. Yep, 2009. And what kind is it? Toyota what? Toyota RAV4. Oh, RAV4. Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it's um, It's got about 125000 on it. I don't drive it a whole lot. Um, but I was going to go ahead and change the plugs on it, and I think I may have caused this problem myself. I pulled the uh, coil packs off, mm-hmm. give it a little little squirt of uh, blaster uh, on each plug, put them back in, put the coil packs back in, and warmed it up. I drove it for probably a month mm-hmm. before I went ahead to uh, and actually change them. And when I pulled <laughs> pulled the coil packs out, two of them, two of the tips broke off on the on the plug. Mm-hmm. So. I've, you know, I've researched some methods on how to get that out of there. Um, but the big question I have is, will those coil packs be compromised in any way if you don't have that end? Yes. Yes. You're going to have okay. to replace, you're going to have to replace the coil pack. So you're saying the end of the coil pack stayed on the spark plug. So you can't reach them Correct. with a pair of needle nose pliers or anything to get them off? No. The way I'm going to have to get it off there is just take a pick. Mm-hmm. And slowly go down around yep. between the plug and the boot. Yep, and just pull and it off. Keep going around till finally, yeah, till it finally loosens up. There's, you know, I've got some long reach pliers, but you get a hold of it, you just break a little piece of rubber off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's stuck tight. Yeah, uh, double so, uh, double check the other ones. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I saw that how you know you know on on the online how to kind of work those until you finally get it you know, the where it'll spin and you can just pull it right out. But so you're saying the coil pack that's da- that is damaged will need to be replaced. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, you know, put, well, you know, make sure you put a good quality one on there too, as well. So, you know, Napa, KOI, um, Smythe, all of those guys will carry a good coil, but there's less expensive ones. I'm just going to be honest. Don't do it. You know, go with the yeah. better, go with the better coil. Okay. Yeah. I I was considering just going back to Toyota. Yeah, um, it's got everything I've done on it's been Toyota parts, and um, you know to, I use Toyota filters, and they're you know of course they're Toyota oils and transmission fluids and things like that. So uh, I'll probably well, I, do that. I, I know they're they're pricey. Well, I definitely I, I like it when you uh, let me see. I'm looking up an ignition coil. I want to see what it looks like here real quick. Um, yeah, I see what. Uh, See what that looks like. Yes. So the the rubber tip is what you uh, that came off, correct? Correct. Okay. So now that I'm looking at the coil and I've got a picture of it and I'm I'm able to see it. Sometimes I'm not sure, but uh, let me let me just see if you can find just the coil boot. Did you know? Because sometimes if you can buy just the coil boot, um, uh, let's see, spark plug coil on plug boot. Um, they do sell the boot. You can buy just the boot, and it comes with the boot. It comes with the spring, so you can buy okay. that. 
So you don't have to replace the coil. There's nothing wrong with the coil. You don't have a misfire for it or anything like no. that. Um, you know, I thought it was ripped off, but it's not ripped. And you just have to replace the boot, and you'll be fine. Okay. All, All right. right. So that that is that, that does separate them from yep. the yep. coil pack, and yes, sir. All right. It'll separate. Well, I'll definitely that. do some research on that. That's uh, that's going to be a little cheaper than buying coal packs. You got it. Yep. <laughs> you know. So. All right, Dale. I do appreciate you. All right. Well, thank you very much for calling. Thank you very much for listening, Mike. I appreciate it. You have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, you. All righty. Let's see. I got enough time. Yes, I got enough time. Up next is Steve. Welcome to the car show with Dale Donovan. How are you, Steve? Is it Steve? Steve in Dayton? Yeah, that's me. Go ahead. Hey, how are you? Yeah, this is uh, Dean. Dean Dayton. Dean and Dayton. There you go. We're getting we're getting closer. So, there you go. Dean, what ca- what kind yeah. of car are you working on? Chevy Cruze? Two thousand Lexus. Yeah, I got that one, and also two thousand Lexus uh, ES three hundred that uh, I've got an issue with a uh, PCM. I just want to know if I can swap one from a salvage yard that original one without any issues if you know that what uh what year has the uh lexus 2000, 2000 lexus yes, 2000. most probably uh-huh. i do believe when you call the salvage yard to get one they will be able to tell you that for sure uh but most of the time oh, i do yeah. believe that older one it's usually just a swap okay yeah i can't get a definitive answer from these yards so far okay Keith, so a lot of times a, I, a lot of times we're told that you have to you know, oh no, you got to have a reprogram, and then a lot of times you you know you put plug it in and everything works fine. So if I were to do that, just to check and see, would it be an issue? I can plug the old one back in, right? I mean, yeah, just make sure the numbers are the same. Make sure that when okay. they give you one, you know, worst case scenario, you plug the old one back in. Yes, right. I just didn't know if it erased that one or or what. No. Okay. Yeah, or a mobilizer issue or whatever. All right, and the 2014 Cruze had an issue with the hesitation on acceleration. Replaced the coil pack from the auto parts store, starting with A, uh-huh. and came back, came back in a week, same issue. How bad? I know there's a class action lawsuit on those engines for the 2.4, the turbo. Uh, check compression on it, I guess, at this point. So it's just a, describe to me what it's doing. It just get, when he's getting on it, you know, I don't know, forty-five, fifty highway speed. It just wants to kind of hesitate and die. I, the coil basically is the first go-to, and it, it was fine for another week or so. But then now it's coming back the same. So I, what? What kind of codes are you? Uh, there was a misfire because I can't tell you exactly. This has been a couple months ago now, but he's just now getting back with me, but I talked to Dave Murphy on it. He said something about compression rings that'll seize up if the oil changes weren't done right on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how true that is. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, because yeah. class action law. Yeah, because they'll, they'll yeah. burn oil, cause some problems. Yeah. So, yeah. I know Dave Murphy. How's he doing? How do you know Dave? Yeah, he's good. He's good. I call him every once in a while. He's got two shops now at Centerville and uh, Beaver Creek. But, yeah, the Centerville shop's doing really well. Yeah, he's doing good. Good. Yeah, he's rocking it rolling. So yeah, yeah. yeah he's actually Eric. Eric Pullman, the guy that I had on first originally, was uh, he actually had him in our show? Had him on our show one time. Oh, so well. yeah. Well, so okay. how many yeah, miles did you guy. say you had it on it? Uh, it's just a little under a hundred thousand. Okay. So I mean, I you know he's right. I mean, you got to make sure that you've uh, you know 
Make sure you change oil, stuff like that. But what I would want to know is what's the code? Do you know what it is? P0301, 302? Yeah, I think it was an 0300, so it was like a random misfire. So P0300. Yeah. And that's the only code. Yeah, well, I, there was a couple different ones. I can't, like I say, it's been a couple months ago now, but I have not seen the vehicle yet, but I'm going to see it this afternoon. So just want to kind of be loaded for bear when I do go check yeah. it out. And you got the 1.4, correct? Right, turbo. Okay. So misfire on cylinder number one, found that cylinder ignition coil was melted and cracked. So they've had a problem with the ignition coil module assemblies. All right. Yeah, that's what I replaced last time. Yeah, yeah. That's what you replaced? Yeah, and it seemed to help for a week or two, but then I guess started well, to hesitate. I'll again. tell you what, go back to it and take a look at it. Uh, but he's right, runs rough, PO300, mm-hmm. lot of lot of problems with engines on that particular vehicle. Uh, ignition yeah, coil right. packs and engines. It says here, inspect, mm-hmm. test for damaged or failed ignition coil or spark plug. Clean fuel injectors by try, uh, trying additive to the fuel tank. Do combustion chambers cleaning. Uh, in other words, cha- you know, cleaning the uh, um, cleaning the valves. Test cranking compression. If there is low compression at one or more cylinders, see latest version of service document for possible piston ring. Yeah, they got a big yeah. uh, they got a big service pole uh, service bulletin on for a possible hole in the piston, and that's for a, <laughs> that's for a random PO three hundred too. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll look into that then. All right. Yeah, I didn't want to take much of your time here, but I well, just thought th- I'd uh, hey. bend your ear for a minute. Thank yep. you very much for listening, man. Really do appreciate it. Hope you have a great weekend. Take care. All right. Enjoy your weekend. Uh-huh. Yep. Bye-bye. All righty. We're going to take a quick business break. We come back right back to the phones. You're listening to The Car Show with Dale Donovan on 55 KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the radio show with Dale Donovan on 55 KRC, the talk station. As promised, I'm going to get right back to the phones. All righty. Uh, up next is Matt. Matt, welcome. Oh, hold on. Matt, welcome to the car show with Dale Donovan. Sorry, man. Everything's done by computer now, so you got to hit the right button. So, Matt, what's up? What can I do for you? Uh, well, I'm having a problem with my alternator. Right. Um, what kind so of, I, what's your I making tested- model, please? Uh, it's a 1985 Pontiac Fiero. What kind of Fiero? Is it GT, SE, Sport? Do you uh, know? It's a GT. GT? Nice. Uh, it's a GT with a, yeah, with the V6. Got the 2.8 in there. Yep. All right. And you're having an alternator problem? What's it doing? Uh, well, so it's really weird. If I, t- if I test at the alternator, it's only like 11.2 volts. Um, so I obviously assumed the alternator was bad. So I took it out, took it over to the auto parts store. They tested it. The alternator is perfectly fine. Um, all the wire connections look good. I've traced them out. Um, just kind of looking for anything else to look for. I'm not exactly sure why it would be doing that. Okay. So in other words, it's, it's not charging it at all, but when you, when you take it out and take it to the repair shop, they say it is charging. So you, is, is the, you said you checked the, the, the large wire going to it, okay, the large red wire that bolts onto it. Yep. Uh, that's got yep. 12 volts to it, correct? Correct. And then, well, the, that, uh, and then there's yeah. a small wire that will full field the alternator, okay? And you, you ha- you, that has to make sure that you're getting juice to the alternator to full field it. 
to get the alternator to working. Do you, so the two smaller wires, I, mean, I do believe they push in, correct? Yes. Okay. So did you see if, uh, if you're getting juice to those wires? Uh, I have not tried that yet. Okay, so, so that's one of the things we want to check is, you know, you want to make sure that we are getting full field. A lot of times, if it's not being fielded, um, you know, the alternator will not charge. All right? Now, a lot of times, uh-huh. um, I'm trying to see if there's any other, you know, you checked all the fuses, correct? Yes. Okay, I'm going to make sure you checked all the fuses. Um have you had a lot of add-ons or anything like that? Um, no, not really. It's okay. a pretty, pretty, pretty stock. Okay, so, so that's what we want to make sure of. And you know, you might need a wiring diagram to do that, but we want to make sure that it's getting fielded uh, from that small wire. So, you know, they do have a problem with ignition switches. You know, that's one of them uh, that can cause that problem. Fuse block, which we talked about, the, even the even the uh, computer can uh, cause this uh, not to uh, work as well. So there's a f- quite a few things that can cause it. But the first thing I okay. would do is to check to make sure that it is getting fielded. All right. Okay. I will. Uh, I will take a look for that. All righty, Matt. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hope you have a great okay. uh, afternoon. All right. Thank you very much. Uh huh. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, by the way, I did have a Fiero come in my store one time and uh, it came in my uh long time ago it was when we were on Montgomery Road in Pleasant Ridge and he, he brought a Fiero in that was actually he made his own electric vehicle had batteries in the back of it and everything and where you opened up the gas uh that's where he had a an extension cord that came out to plug into charge his uh all the batteries he had wired in so very, very interesting. I mean, back in the day, man, uh, I was intrigued with it, uh, to say the least. But he lived in the uh, Golf Manor area, and uh, he made his own electric vehicle. So out of a Fiero. So pretty, pretty interesting. All right, to the phones we go. Up next is Chris. Chris, welcome to the car show with Dale Donovan. How are you, Chris? Good, Dale. How are you? I'm doing good. How can I help you? I have a 2006 Nissan Pathfinder, um, about 178,000 miles on it. Um, it's running good now. I need it to run good for at least two or three more years. I need to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you is, is what can I do um, to best make sure that that thing keeps running for two or three more years? Like I heard you talk about fluid changes and stuff like that. Is there any specific ones I should do? I've got a four-wheel drive. I've had the sur- I had the serpentine belt replaced a couple years ago. I had like the cooling system. I had that done last fall. Um, good, good. I don't know what else I can get done. Well, I mean, the big running. Well, good. you're you're doing an awesome job. You said it's got two hundred thousand on it right now. No, 178,000 178, miles on it right now. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, everything's working. You don't have any, you know, you've done the spark plugs. You're changing the oil on a regular basis, correct? Yes. Yep. You've already done the coolant on it as well. You're right. The fluids. Yeah. Uh, you know, possibly the brake fluid. If that hasn't been done, you probably should do the brake fluid. Any of your uh, transfer okay. case, you've got uh, front differential, rear differential, transfer case. Uh, all of those fluids need to be changed as well. 
Uh, okay. Obviously, I want to make sure I stress that changing oil is the most important part. Uh, they do have a little bit of a problem with timing chains, but if you're changing the oil regularly, uh, and it sounds like you are, it sounds like you're a person that really takes care of your car, and, you know, keeping good records for yourself or whoever you're taking it to, you make sure that they're, you know, they've looked at all those fluids, making sure the front okay. end, making sure the front end's aligned, making sure that when you hear a noise, I'm man, I'm, you know, I'm hearing this noise, something's going on or, you know, get it looked at. Don't push it down the road. Say, man, that, that noise doesn't drive, still drives fine. I mean, I'm going to ignore that for now. Get noises looked at right away. Sometimes you're doing more damage, so you want to make sure. Changing the spark plugs, okay. you know, all of that stuff is is all the right thing to do. But I want to stress that changing your fluids is a great thing to do, but changing oil by far, number one, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, anything else? Um, rust. Is there anything I can do about rust? I'm starting to see little, little small patches of rust. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that I would tell you to do is to buy some touch-up paint. When you see some rust, you know, you want to go ahead and just touch it up with paint. You just want to kind of cover it up just a little bit so that it kind of stops, slows that rust down. Rust is very hard, but, um, you know, I would tell you if you got any more problems, I would tell you to call Frank's Heavy Truck Collision Repair, Mr. Dave Brinkman. Okay. It's Frank's Heavy Truck Collision Repair, all right? Do I need to like sand the area first before I put paint on, or anything? Yeah, so, the area at all, or you know, if you want to really get into it, then yeah, you want to you want to sand that. You want to get some of that rust out. You want to sand it. You want to get it down to the bare metal, and then you have to fill it with some uh, bondo or some uh, some body putty, is what they call it, and then you would have to paint mm -hmm. it. So it depends on how bad it is. I can tell you, body shops. Okay, it's just a little bitty spots right now. Yeah. So yeah, so you can do that. Absolutely. Use a little bit okay. of a Bondo, and then you sand that Bondo down, then you prime it, and then you can just paint it. Be perfect. Okay, cool. All right? Awesome. Chris, thank Thanks you very much. Thank you very much for listening to the show. I really do appreciate it. I hope you have a great uh, afternoon, okay? You too. Call me anytime. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All righty. Wow. Great show, you guys. Way to go. I really do appreciate it, and... Uh, you know, I appreciate everybody calling and everybody listening to the show. Believe me, when I do this, I'm trying to give you the best advice possible. Believe me, I'm trying to do that. I want to make sure that I take care of you, the listeners, because you guys have been taking care of me for 14 years now. I've been doing this show, 14 years. Unbelievable, isn't it? Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back next Saturday. Uh, and we can do it all over again. Everybody be safe out there. You're listening to The Car Show with Dale Donovan on 55KRC. Detox Station. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.